This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to the new Mutual Audio Network. Welcome home. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that all children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. Good morning, all. You're listening to the world's largest showcase of modern audio drama, The Sonic Society, episode 732. I'm Jack Ward, co-host to the amazing David Alt. Thank you very much, and good morning, everyone. This week, we have a double feature in The Sonic Society. Indeed, we do. Beginning with episode four of Elizabeth Crown from Robert Eisenberg, and Ed Cho returns with another taste of the amazing Ignore City, Episode number six. Be prepared to hear the full version of Ignore City on the award-winning Wednesday Wonders, heard every Wednesday on the Mutual Broadcast feed, or in the Wednesday Wonders' own feed, of course. Hosted by our Lothar Tuppen. But today's features begin right here... On the Sonic Society. And I I just gotta tell you, I am so grateful that you're screwing up, because it makes me feel so much better that I'm not the only one. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for doing it. I think you've done it on purpose for that reason, so I appreciate it. (laughs) How could you possibly accuse me of such a thing? (laughs) The Adventures of Elizabeth Crown presents... The Last Walkabout, Episode 4. A machine. Look, where I have cut through his cheek. It is not flesh. It is gears, wires, like clockwork. Like the inside of a pocket watch. It is a mechanical man. I wouldn't believe it if I didn't see it with my own eyes. And the skin. It is similar to real skin, but it is latex, or perhaps canvas, or both. This is nonsensical. Well, now, our expertise is the uncanny. Uncanny, yes, but this. How is this even possible? A man as convincing as you or I. I saw him. I saw his eyes before he... But it's not Max. It's a copy. A mannequin. Somehow, someone made this up to look like him. But it's not him. Is this what Davy was trying to create? Davy? No. Not this. Nothing like this. I need water. Right. Best we have a think, hey? Tommy, I forgive you, of course. Forgive me? I'd like to know what for. You must be honest with me now. Davy is your son. You cannot deny it. He is your son, is he not? Why? Why would you? All this effort for some acquaintance. I think not. There is nothing we have done that the police could not have done equally well. This mission, it is personal for you. Only a father could be so desperate to save his son. Oh, God. Tell me I am right. I meant to tell you. I wanted to tell you. Why did you not? (laughs) Who, Who wants to say such a thing aloud? A man's worst nightmare come true. Your child, taken right from under your nose, disappears 
in broad daylight. Oh, who wants to imagine it? Much less live it. How do you know where he is? Unknown. Someone sent me. Who sent it? I don't know. You don't know? It had details. Personal bits. Things no one could know. And you believed it? Alright. What would you do? Eh, Sandor? Nobody knows he's missing. Well, missing, yes, but kidnapped. Think of it. Your son. The boy you have not seen in days. And somebody knows his whereabouts. No threat. No demands. Just a map. Wouldn't you do anything to get him back? Wouldn't you want the best on your side? A fighter. A trained killer. To track these bastards down and do what had to be done. Tommy, how can I Not trust? your son, then. Because you have no son. You don't know. But what about Elizabeth? Hmm? Elizabeth Crown. The light of your life. The girl you want to marry. What wouldn't you do, Sandor, to bring her home? I dare you. I bloody dare you to tell me you wouldn't do the same. I will not take that dare. We're in this far. Please, help me finish the job. I'm begging you. Let's see this through. Right, that ought to do it. I reckon. Ah, let's see the pot. It's boiling nicely. All right. Here goes nothing. <laughs> Lead pours down the pipeline, gets irrigated into tank with radium lining. And that should do it. Close hatch. <coughs> Pull lever. <laughs> Moment of truth. Oh, please God, let this work. seconds. Tank is radiated, which triggers molecular conversion, or possibly an explosion. Hopefully not. Ten seconds. Five seconds. And stop! What happened? Oh my god. It's... It's... It's beautiful! <laughs> it's bloody beautiful! Vermillion, I, uh, I didn't, I didn't see you there. I, uh, I, uh, would you, would you look at this? You see it? That's, that's gold. Real bloody gold. I did it. I made it happen. 
<laughs> poured it out like a bleeding pikelet. Just... <sighs> oh, gorgeous, isn't it? Now we have to test it for purity, of course, right, but it's gold, oh, really, I can't believe it worked, it worked, so uh, there it is, uh, but, but I can make more, as much as you care for, really, whatever you like. So, uh, so, so I could help you. I, I, I'd like to help you. Uh, not for money. Not like that, just, uh, you know, like, like an apprentice. A helper. Whatever you need, you know, you just tell me. I can do it. What, uh, what's that? Is that a... Thick shake? Or you're, you're American, right? Uh, don't, don't you call it a, a milkshake? You're for a job well done. Right. Um. Thank you. This isn't a poison or anything, is it? Not a last meal? <laughs> I, I, I did my part. What you asked for? And, uh, Mr. Doctor, Sir, if, if I'm being honest, I'd like to go home now. Please. Even just for a day or two. Nobody has to know what happened here. Even a phone call. What? What are those? Put them in your ears. Um, all right. They will protect you. Protect me? From that sound? The one you made before? Uh, uh, Alright, alright, uh, put them in? Now? Yes, it is time for us to go. Alright, um, go where exactly? To see your father. What do you see? I see the town is very small. Right. Any signs of life? Two men so far. Might be more we can't see. Take the binoculars. See for yourself. You'll see the man in the street. I see him. Is it not strange? You mean that he's wearing a tuxedo? Not what I'd be wearing in weather like this. And only standing. No weapons. No activity. And not even in the shade. It is most unnatural. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? They are also mechanical men. Too right. But how? Why? Let us focus on the task at hand. We do not know their capabilities. We must be quiet. How is your ankle? Well enough. Your revolver. It is ready. Locked and loaded. You see the warehouse. Steel roof? Yes. We will go there first. Warehouse. Got it. Very good. Follow my steps precisely. Right behind you, mate. Right. Which way? Just a moment. I wish to see something. See something? What are you doing? You just said, focus on the task. What are you going in there for? This warehouse. It is too big not to be utilized. You see, the electric light. Hold on. What are those? Glass boxes full of water. I 
I've seen these before, Sandor. These are the ones magicians use. They get lowered in, wrapped up in chains, they pull the curtain over, and before they drown, they escape. It's a classic. Yes, but the water, it has a color to it. It does, doesn't it? Looks like orange marmalade. And this one, there is something inside. It's a bit foggy. Let me give that a wipe. Christ on a crutch! There's a, there's a man in there. A man. Look, it's a face. There's a, there's a man. Just stuck inside. Pickled in there. My God. Tommy, this is not any man. What do you mean? It is Max. Max, the friend of your son, whose facsimile we shot on the ridge. It is him. It is the very face. This is... This is madness. And he is breathing. Don't say any more. Come, look. I can't, Sandor. It's too much. Tommy, he is alive. Come on, Sandor. Let's go. And look here. A label. Oh, Christ. What does it say? I... I do not know. Can't you read it? No. The writing is... Nothing I have seen before. Please, Sandor, I can't take this anymore. I just want to find Davy. I hate that he's been in a place like this. Let's just go. Tommy, wait. What? What is it? Have you ever heard the name Dr. Vermilion? Uh, well, uh, it, it, it rings a bell. His real name is Eugene Blinker, an orphan. Raised in the circus. All right, whatever. A boy genius, a wunderkind, who one night in Mexico burned down the circus tent with everyone inside. Dear Lord. Who created his own language, his own writing system, to train spies during the Great War. I, I, I don't understand. Who developed a terrible technology, a sound weapon which can be blasted at such volume that it will hemorrhage the brain. How do you know all this? I have crossed paths with Dr. Vermilion in New York City some three years ago with Elizabeth. Elizabeth Crown? A and you met this Vermilion fellow? That is right. Now look, you see, a language we cannot read. These tanks used by circus magicians Crikey. Just outside, mechanical men, a technology never seen by human eyes. And Davy, your son, transforming useless alloys into gold. Unlimited wealth, unlimited manpower. This can only be the work of Dr. Vermilion. And whatever he is planning, it is the colossus of conspiracies. He kidnapped Max. Yes, and then replaced him. Precisely. He could do that to anyone. A gardener, a, a policeman, a prime minister. And who would know? All created here in a ghost town in the outback of Australia, 50 miles from any house or farm. All right, all right. I, let me have a think. This is only the tip of the iceberg. We must find Davy, and then we must inform the Order of Sashat. They have to know what is afoot. Right, yes, but first things first. Take a swig, will you? They'll keel over otherwise. Yes, yes. Thank you, Tommy. Now, we must find Davy. Let's shell. Where to? I see smoke. Three o'clock. I see it. Over by that shed. We shall have to cross the street. Ah, 
Don't like the sound of that. You will cover me. Righto. Just say the word. Sandor. You alright? I feel... strange. Strange? What do you mean? Just a moment. Sandor. What's happening? I am dizzy all of a sudden. There's someone over there. Where? In the street. It is two. Two men. Oh my god. It's Davy. Do not move. They're coming toward us. Stay back. Sandor. What do we do? It's Davy. And somebody else. Who is that? Dr. Vermilion. It is him. Sandor. What's wrong? I feel so strange. Ajust Sandor, Count of Ventura, show yourself. He knows. He knows who we are. What are you doing, Tommy? What are you putting in your ear? What you said. Now give back my son. With pleasure. Dead. Oh, David. Oh, Christ. It's all right. It's all right. Everything's all right. Now, now listen. Listen. You've got to run. What? Head for the hills. Double quick. I'll be right behind you. But Dad, don't argue. Just, just go. Go! Tommy. I'm sorry, Centaur. What have you done? It was the only way. He wrote that letter. He told me to bring you here. To say Davy wasn't my son. To put that tranquilizer in the canteen. I had to do it. You understand that? It was Davy's life on the line. And, and you. I didn't know you from Adam. Ah, if I'd only known what a decent bloke you were. Dummy. What's that? The key to the car. You will need it. To drive back. Son of a bitch. Right noble to the end, aren't you? Take it, damn you. I'm sorry, Sandor. For all of it. Go! Get away from here! I'm sorry! So, you are Dr. Vermilion. Now, you will kill me, no doubt. No doubt. I need you alive. Ah, yes. To torture me, then. But notice your chin. Pain is my forte. You will have no information out of me. No doubt. No doubt. I require nothing of you. Excess to sleep. Better you kill me. Go to sleep, No. No, I will. I will. I will. Sleep and dream.
Sir Shanley. You shall be relieved to know that I have returned to Wells Point along with Mr. Wilson and the student, Davy Smith. Davy is alive and well. It seems I have come all this way for naught. His kidnapping was little more than a prank by his friend, Max, and his research is nothing more than a youthful flight of fancy. I recommend Mr. Wilson to be suspended from the order for his squandering of so much time. But all is not lost. I have reason to remain in Australia. I foresee for several months. I shall illuminate you soon as to my purposes here. Until then, please forward all official correspondence to this address. On a personal note, Sir Shanley, please do not alert Elizabeth as to my whereabouts. Believe me when I say, I will see her soon. This concludes The Last Walkabout, written and performed by Robert Eisenberg. Music and sound effects licensed and provided by Audioblocks.com. For more information about the exciting world of uncanology, visit ElizabethCrown.net. Ignore City, Episode 6, The Great Nanu Nanu. Previously on Ignore City, Devin Rimpa has given up on being a hero and saving the Earth. Meanwhile, Saner is in the evil clutches of a ten-year-old. Well, maybe not evil, but she's not helping our favorite talking robot head at all. This is quite intolerable. I don't know how much longer I can keep this up. You're doing great. I think she's up to 23 rocks. That's it. No more. I'm ending this. Oh, come on. I had a bet with Walter Cronkite she could fit at least 30 rocks in your mouth. (laughs) Young lady, stop this madness. You scared her away! She was jamming rocks into my mouth. Sure, but let's think this through. You're a disembodied robot head. You can't really walk out of here on your own. Don't you think you're gonna need her help eventually? Point taken. I shall make amends. I see her little nervous eyes peering at me from the doorway. You can talk? Yes, I can talk. Come here, little girl. Okay. What is your name? I'm Cass. Are you an evil spirit? An evil spirit? Preposterous. Spirits are- Hold up. She thinks you're a spirit? Maybe we can use this to our advantage. Our advantage? Hey, we're in this together. Very well, hallucination rat. State your proposal. Weren't you telling me earlier how humans like to destroy sentient robots? If you tell her the truth, she'll blab to her parents and report you lickety-split. She thinks you're an evil spirit for some reason. I say you play along. Are you okay? You froze up there all of a sudden. I'm perfectly fine. I was merely attending to evil spirit business. So you are a spirit? Yes, indeed. I am. But you're evil. Evil is an antiquated concept developed by humans. Go with evil, pal. Yes, I am evil. Boo! I have no true motivation other than the arbitrary notion of malcontent. Ay ay ay. This guy. What is wrong now? That's the worst impersonation of an evil spirit I've ever heard. And you can do better? 
Of course I can! Remember, I got over a hundred years of television history coursing through my rat blood. I'm not sure it works that way. Repeat after me. By the power of Greyskull, I come to you from the dimension 14B. I am the great Nanu Nanu, and you must do my bidding. If you do not obey me, side effects include nausea, diarrhea, your imminent destruction, and dry mouth. Oh no, I really don't want diarrhea. Yes, and it will be the bad kind of diarrhea. Isn't it always bad? It will sneak up on you when you least expect it. That would be bad. So you believe me, small one, that I am from the dimension... Which dimension did I say I was from again? 14B. Very good. That was a test to see if you were listening. You have passed the test. To be clear, you believe I am an evil spirit possessing this lifeless robot head and not a sentient artificial intelligence. Goodness, no. That would be horrible. I would have to report you to the SCU right away. Lucky for me, I am not a sentient robot head. That would have been a real schlumpy situation. Schlumpy? What is this schlumpy of which you speak? You don't know the story of schlumpy? I guess you wouldn't, being from the dimension 14B and all. I have a copy right here. It's a book? Yes. Would you like me to read it to you? I'm a little short on time. Can you give me a synopsis instead? I sure can. Where to start? Let me think. The school gave me the book. It was a Tuesday. Or maybe a Wednesday. No, it was definitely a Tuesday because we had math that day. Except we have math on Thursday. It couldn't have been a Thursday, though, because... Enough! Just read the book to me. It doesn't look terribly long. Right. The Story of Schlumpy, the Maniac Robot. Sponsored by the Short Circuit Unit Division of Ignoy City. I already don't like the beginning. Schlumpy was a simple robot, fulfilling a simple need. The cleaning machine's slogan was, Dirt needs to be destroyed and trash must be eliminated. Even after the Great Collapse, the people allowed Schlumpy to perform his duty. They loved Schlumpy for making their lives easier and keeping the streets of Ignoy City clear. Buzz crack zippity dee! That's the sound Schlumpy makes when its gears gear up to clean. Lazy humans, always lazing. Balam was a simple boy who liked to run and jump and play. He ran around junk piles and climbed up mountains of garbage. He brought his sled with him and would slide down while yelling, Wee! At the end of the day, he was always covered in so much dirt and grime, he could be mistaken for trash himself. Buzz crack zippity dee! That's the sound Schlumpy makes when its gears gear up to clean. He could be mistaken for trash? Yikes, I see where this story is headed. One day, Balam's mother called out her window for Balam to come home, and she waited, and she waited, but he never came. She looked high and low for her son, but he couldn't be found. She asked all the residents of Ignoy City, and no one had seen the boy. Finally, she asked Slumpy, and the cleaning machine replied, Buzz, crack, zippity-dee. Oh no, did you buzz, crack, zippity-dee my son away? She asked. Dirt needs to be destroyed, and trash must be eliminated, replied Slumpy, the maniac robot. Can't say I didn't see that one coming. The people of Ignoy City sentenced Schlumpy to be deactivated for his crime. The machine protested, claiming it was only for performing its duty. Schlumpy's argument is sound. I don't see how the cleaning robot can be blamed for completing a task the humans were too indolent to perform. And so the story goes. Schlumpy was permanently shut down, despite the protest from the cleaning machine. In the end, Balam was lost forever. Let that be a lesson to all citizens of Ignoy City. Remember, kids, if you see a sentient robot on the loose, report it to the short circuit unit right away. It's a matter of life and death. The end. What a load of nonsense propaganda. You said your school gave you this ridiculous book? They push it pretty hard because robots are dangerous and not to be trusted. We perform a school play about it every year. They even wrote a song about it. But enough about Schlumpy. You don't have to worry about it since you're not a robot. What exactly do you want from me? Oh great, Nanu, Nanu. How can I help you? Right to the point. My dear sweet child, you and I will get along swimmingly. We're going swimming?
You're home. I'm so glad the SCU released you. You gave us quite a scare. I'm sorry to put you through that. I heard they questioned you. They didn't hurt you, did they? It wasn't anything I couldn't handle. They were talking crazy about you having a robot head. (coughs) Dad, have a seat. Are you okay? I'm fine, honey. (coughs) Just something in my throat is all. This place is a total mess. What happened here? The SCU searched our house. I tried to clean it up, but with my blindness, I feel like I did more harm than good. It's okay, Dad. I'll take care of it. Who are all these people in our backyard? The caterers and event staff Drek hired. They want direction on where to put everything. They keep asking me, but I don't know. Drek's not here, and I'm no use. Maybe you can help them out. Me? I'm supposed to help? I didn't know we were having this stupid party until this morning. Drek said it didn't matter where they put everything. He just wants it to look nice for tonight. Unfortunately, he had to run off. It was something for work, I believe. If you're too busy, I understand. I'm not too busy. I don't have to save the world anymore. I can help out. Save the world? What on the dome are you talking about? Oh, nothing, Dad. It's a joke. Just an expression us young people use. Like, I wasn't able to do the laundry today because I was too busy saving the... Are you seeing this, Dad? Well, no, I guess you wouldn't. Hey, you! Don't put those chairs there! It makes much more sense to put them over here. Not those chairs, these chairs! Let me show you. (laughs) Young people and their expressions. Agent Blue. What do you want? It's me, Tantalus Hutchins, curator of the Hall of Electronic Antiquities. You questioned me earlier? Yes. I remember you. The guy with the electric shaver. Why are you saying it with air quotes? What are you still doing here at SCU headquarters? We didn't detain you. You're free to leave. I did leave, but then I came back. Truthfully, I left once more and returned again. Why would you do that? Did you forget something? I'm here for Devin Ripa. I'd like to pay her bail. Her bail? That's right. What is the cost of her release? We aren't the police. We're a special unit of the government. There's no bail here. Besides, she's already gone. She is? She lost the robot head. 
ditched it in some butterfly backpack. I see. You came back multiple times to offer bail money? You got it bad, don't you? What have I got? You obviously have a thing for her. I can't blame you. She is cute. But wasn't there a boyfriend in the picture? Yes. You mentioned some guy named Three Legs. I can't get him out of my mind, actually. I keep envisioning some barrel-chested bodybuilder who can't keep the top buttons of his shirt from popping off. I see your strategy. You wanted to come marching in here, like some knight in shining armor, and sweep Debon off her feet. Maybe not sweep her off her feet. I don't know if I'm strong enough to do that. She might have to keep one leg on the ground. It's probably best I don't exert myself too much physically. It gives me nosebleeds. Any chance you can tell me where she lives? Tantalus, you know I can't do that. That would be a breach of confidentiality. She's a private citizen. Yes, of course. I understand. What is it about this girl? There are a lot of fish in the fish tank, as they say. Why Debon? You know, that phrase used to be, there's a lot of fish in the sea. In my research at the Hall of Electronic Antiquities, I surmised there used to be these natural bodies of water where I can tell by the way you're looking at me that you don't want a history lesson right now. No, not really. We're on the hunt for that butterfly backpack. Very well. Let's just say I felt a real connection with her. You probably think it's dopey, but do you believe in love at first sight? <sighs> I know I shouldn't do this. Who am I to get in the way of true love, right? Why are you doing the air quotes thing again? Your co-worker left Evan's pink jacket here. Lovelo thinks it's cursed and doesn't want anything to do with it. I was going to give it back to Devin before she left, but her brother got her out first. If I give you the address, can you deliver it? We'll consider it official SCU business. Agent Blue, that would be amazing. I can't thank you enough. All right, all right. Don't mention it. Seriously, before I change my mind. Where you going? It is rudimentary, Zack. With my photographic memory, I can match the surroundings exactly to find Devon's house. I remember it well. The shoddily built exterior, the compromised structure of the walls, the refuse and filth everywhere. What you are describing sounds like a paradise to me. But keep in mind I'm a rat. Were there small crevices to crawl into? Indeed there were. Quite a few of them. You mentioned filth! Were there any food crumbs anywhere? I'm sure there were. Stop! I can't take it anymore! Its most striking feature was the structure's soffit. It was 0.56 inches thick and 16 inches wide. What in the world is a soffit? It is the material forming a ceiling from the top of an exterior house wall to the outer edge of the roof, bridging the gap between a home siding and the roof line, otherwise known as the eaves. And you can identify a house by that? It should be quite easy for a being such as myself. The average soffit thickness is 0.35 to 0.55 inches. The house Devon resides in has a soffit thickness of 0.56 inches, which will stick out to me like a number 11 in a binary code. Through a simple process of elimination, I shall find Devon's house by making this little girl walk through every neighborhood while I peek out of the backpack and take careful measurements of all the soffits I see. I see no flaws in that plan. Except I think the little girl's feet are getting tired. Good observation, Zach. Now that you mention it, our pace appears to have slackened considerably. Perhaps she needs a motivational pep talk from her favorite evil spirit possessing an inanimate robot head. Human child! Ah, what? Why are you walking so slowly? This backpack is heavy and we've been walking for hours. My legs are tired. Can we take a break? If you're okay with uncontrollable diarrhea the moment you sit down, then be my guest. Take your precious break. No, no, I'll keep going. Um, excuse me, little girl. Hey, I know you. You're the nerd from the lame museum. Correction, I am Tantalus Hutchins, curator of the Hall of Electronic Antiquities. What do you want, nerd? I couldn't help but notice your backpack with the butterflies on it. I think I know who that belongs to. I believe it's the same person as the owner of this jacket. I was on my way to return it to her now. That's Debon's jacket. How did you get it? Ah, it can talk. That must be the sentient robot head. You must get me back to Devon immediately. I am trying to find her now. Then you're in luck, Mr. Sentient Robot Head. 
Sentient Robot Head? No. This is the great Nanu Nanu from Dimension 14B. Looks like a bag full of coals if you ask me. No, it doesn't, boss. That's a robot head. The same one we saw in the junkyard the other day. Seriously, Rand? Gar obviously knows that. He's making a joke. The robot head is worth a fortune, so to him it looks like a bag of money. Oh, I get it. I thought maybe your vision was going bad, boss. Who are you guys? I think I know. They must be the Tech Junker Biker Gang. Everyone's been talking about them. Everyone? Ha! Did you hear that? Our reputation precedes us. We're famous. You're Melvin's Biker Gang, right? Melvin's Biker Gang? Are you kidding me? No, we are not those schlubs. We're Gar's gang. I'm Gar. Stand back, child. I will protect you from these hoodlums. Look, nerd boy. We're taking the robot head and going straight to Mr. Hobbs with it to collect our finder's fee. How are you planning on stopping us? With this. Ah, it's on me. It burns. It burns. Get it off. Get it off. Relax, you geniuses. It's a laser pointer. You're both fine. That's a relief. I thought I was a goner for sure. Nice trick. But now you're going to pay. Oh, well. It was worth a shot. How fast can you run, little girl? Not very. I have tiny legs. I'd offer to pick you up, but I get nosebleeds when I exert myself too much. We're not running. What are you cowering for? Stand up for yourself. Are you kidding me? There's three of them, and they're much tougher than me. This is a classic underdog story. They're bullies. You're protecting a beautiful damsel in distress. They don't stand a chance against you. They don't? I'm not following your logic. You're the hero in the scenario. Think about it. You're scrawny and pathetically weak. They're totally underestimating you. You're right. I can defy the odds and win. Enough with the chit-chat. Are you going to give us the backpack, or do we have to mess you up? I just have to believe in myself. Here goes. Hi-ya! Are you all right? Oh, what happened? Did I win? No, you did not. That would explain the horrible pain that I'm in. They got the backpack, didn't they? Yes, but they didn't hurt me, and that's what really matters. The excruciating agony is a small price to pay in exchange for your safety. Where does it hurt? Let's see. The ache begins in my head, then starts traveling south to my neck, and takes a hard right at my shoulder. After jabbing there with a needling sensation, it takes a sharp U-turn to my other shoulder, and then explodes, cascading down my arms, torso, and settling down to my legs. I guess you could say it's kind of all over. My poor hero. Can you sit up? I'm your hero? After the beating I just took? You're my hero because of the beating you just took. Good job, nerd. Ow! Please, don't pat me on the back. I'm very tender. It seems like you can stand on your own, so that's good. You didn't break any bones. No broken bones, but Gar has the robot head. The way I look at it, you did me a favor. That head was really bossy, and now that it's gone, I'm not under constant threat of diarrhea. You're not? How does that work? Oh, wow. Look at the time. My parents are probably wondering where I am. See you at the wedding. Wedding? What wedding? Our wedding, silly. You rescued me, so I'm sure you want to marry me now. How do you figure that? You're a valiant knight, and I'm a damsel in distress. Seems pretty obvious to me. You should be thrilled you got all this on lock early. How old are you? Don't be weird. We're not getting married now. It'll be when I come of age. My dad says I can get married when I'm 42. But you said you wouldn't see me until the wedding. Of course not. What kind of girl do you think I am? A very peculiar one, for sure. I don't know what that one means, but goodbye. At least I still have Devin's jacket. I need to get it to her right away. Ow! My feet! Each step is torture, but I must persevere. For Devin. Head, I know you can talk. Go on, say something.
I don't know, boss. Seems kind of quiet to me. Maybe it's turned off. Is there a power button? Oh, good thinking, Bachi. Maybe if I poke its nose. To turn it on, I bet you have to jab it in its eyes while you flip it upside down. Let me show you. I wonder how many rocks we can put in its mouth. Stop it. Unhand me, you filthy humans, and place me right side up. I'm getting dizzy. Ha! So you can talk. Indeed I can, Gar. How do you know my name? I remember you from the exhilarating bicycle chase from not long ago. Your leather jackets and torn jeans are very distinct apparel. The frayed and missing fabric around your knees boldly proclaims your ruggedness and dedication to your profession. See, this robot gets it. We have a look. It's quite serendipitous we meet again. Serendipi- what? It means saucy, Rand. That's why the word dip is in it. Yeah, Rand. Serendipitous. Try to keep up. By Zerus 8, I see the level of intellect I'm dealing with here. Let me rephrase my statement. It is quite lucky for you we meet again. Is he going to offer us sauce? I'm going to offer you something far greater than thick liquid served with food, my friend. If you do as I say, there's a great treasure awaiting you beyond your wildest dream. What'd you do that for, Gar? Yeah, he was about to offer us something better than dipping sauce. It could have been anything. I need to know. I'm not falling for any of his robot shenanigans. I don't need to be told about a treasure when this mechanical head is worth a small fortune. I just wanted to make sure it could still talk before I brought it to Mr. Hobbs. Good thinking, boss. That Mr. Hobbs wouldn't take too kindly if you tried to pull a fast one on him. That's for sure. I definitely don't want to be on his bad side. I heard he breaks thumbs. And kneecaps. My uncle crossed him once. He was never heard from again. There's a rumor he feeds his enemies to crows. I heard he's into birds. I'd be scared to even talk to the guy. Yeah, one slip up and bam, bird food. You sure are brave, boss. Or stupid. There's a fine line between the two. Enough. Stop freaking me out. You don't need to remind me about Mr. Hobbs' reputation as a stone-cold gangster. I know it. I'm the one who has met him before, unlike you two who are too scared. Let's focus on the positive here. This is a time for celebration. I finally have the robot head. My payday has arrived. I have won.
Sounds like Gar and his gang have finally done it. Can they cash in on the prize while the SCU is in hot pursuit of the backpack? Stay tuned for Ignore City, Episode 7, The Engagement Party. Ignore City, written by Ed Cho. Music written and performed by The Shakeups. Saner0805, voiced by Patrick O'Connor. Devin Rimpa, voiced by Savannah O'Connor. Agent Blue and Bachi, voiced by Luisana Rodriguez. Tantalus Hutchins, voiced by Leisha Rollins. Hennis Rimpa and Gar, voiced by Steve Inkley. Cass, voiced by Nina Cho. Zach, voiced by Damian Duffy. Narrator and Rand, voiced by Ed Cho. And that's this week's show. Check out all our show notes on sonicsociety.org for both Ignore City and Elizabeth Crown. And we'll see all of you back here next time on the Sonic Society when we have a special Jack Ward show of sorts. Have a lovely week, everyone. Enigmatic as always, David. Take care, all. If only I knew who wrote these scripts. (laughs) More enigmas. Sonic Society is written and produced weekly by Jack J. Ward and David Alt, with original music by Sharon B. at SharonB.com. All features, interviews, and audio drama shorts are owned completely by their originators and provided to the Sonic Society by Creative Commons Licensing. The Society itself originates from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. Thanks for listening. Good morning, everyone. I'm Jack Ward, and this is the world's largest running and large, no, largest running. (laughs) Oh, my God. What is wrong with me? This is Jack Ward, and from every one of us here at the Mutual Audio Network, we wish you, your family, and all your friends safe harbor during these difficult times. Please follow the scientific and medical experts' advice, and we'll always be here for you daily at Mutual.